0: Oh, hey, you made it.
1: We weren't sure anyone was able to get cool things from four of you. Long, long ago, but not too far away, was the land where the Spoochies frolicked and played. They danced through the fields, through the meadows they'd run, near the stone on the hole the first Spoochie came from. It was so long ago that no one remembered the story of how came to be their first member, but no Spoochie cared or gave it a thought, for Spoochies were hardly a curious lot. So when the stone on the hole gave a shudder, not even one Spoochie made even a mutter. None of them knew what this motion pretended the 10,000th day had finally ended. Now all the sweet Spoochies were asleep for the night, all huddled and snuggled and bundled just right, dreaming the dreams that all Spoochies do, of eating flute pudding in their Spoochie canoes. But little Spoochina, the youngest of all, awoke with a start to a noise down the hall, she shivered and shuddered then slipped out of bed and crept to the door with a feeling of dread but with each step she took a malevolence grew erasing her thoughts of those spoochy canoes the darkness expanded and swallowed her whole it crushed all her bones and tore at her soul it flooded her mouth and wrapped round her spine split open her skull and entered her mind oh the horrors the darkness let in an endless progression of madness and sin She writhed and she twisted and screamed through the pain, but the darkness pushed deeper till nothing remained for infinite time or perhaps just a moment. What once was Spuchina succumbed to this torment. And then, in an instant, as quick as it came, the darkness relented and something remained. The something knew nothing of spoochy canoes, of snuggles and cuddles or tooty kazoos. Black pits for eyes, mouth like a slit, Dreams of flute pudding meant nothing to it. Nightmares are from what this creature was made, murder and madness and torture its trade. Joints cracked backwards, the creature did rise, extended its hands, fingers like knives, and leapt towards the bedroom with staggering speed, where brother and sister were still fast asleep. It burst through the door and onto the bed, snatched up dear brother and bit through his head, on sister fell what remained of his jaw, the rest of his flesh hung from something's black maw. Sister awoke to this startling sight. My God, Spucina, she bellowed in fright. Through dear brother's flesh, the thing tried to speak, but all that came out was an inhuman shriek. Heat blasted forth from its mouth into space and melted the skin off sweet sister's face. Her liquefied body sloughed onto her brother as the thing left the room to find father and mother. The floorboards buckled and cracked underfoot. Behind flowed a streak of crimson and soot. It licked the smell of the sweat and the fear, and followed the sound of the whispers and tears. There, huddled before it, clutching each
2: other, were the cowering forms of father and mother. Foam-flecked and wild, they whimpered and stuttered. Pleading for mercy, they wailed and they blubbered. They
1: offered it all, the fluff pudding it craved. They cried out to their gods, St Spoochbert and Dave, They hoped someone heard them, but nobody could. Just a hole in the world where their daughter once stood. The dark drew them in, their eyes were transfixed, as it peeled back its skin and opened its lips, revealing the evils too deep to behold, from the dawn of time to the end of the world. No Spoochy's mind could outlast that strain. They fried and they snapped and they both went insane, clawing and biting with unholy power. Pop turned to Ma and began to devour. He plucked out her eyes and swallowed them whole. He gorged on her feet and he chewed off their soles. His mouth filled with meat till he couldn't hold more. Then he coughed and he choked and he died on the floor. The carnage complete, the house sat in silence. A hellish expanse transformed by the violence. The thing glided forth, slick to the ground, down to the dirt and into the town. It poisoned the meadows and blighted the fields. It burned up the lake where the flute canoes wheeled. It gobbled the children and all the old nans till not one single spoochie was left in the land. When it was over, the thing returned home, to the edge of the wood, to the hole with the stone. It rolled back the boulder, peered into the black, and slunk down the hole to never look back. Deeper and deeper down the pit oh so vile, it sank to the bottom and spat out the child. Blinded by agony, she writhed in the dirt, the last of the spoochies, just madness and hurt no one can say for how long she lie at the bottom of the earth or how long she survived but through some cruel twist of fate she lived and then from the depths of her gut sprang him perfectly pink fat as a lamb happy and bouncy and ready to jam a wee baby spoochy a picture of health had somehow emerged from the depth of herself she reeled back in shock and clutched at her chest To see such a pure thing to her was grotesque. Her mind warped by all the torment she'd seen, she flung him away with a jerk and a scream. Up, up through the earth he flew, above him a sliver of light grew and grew. And then he reached that stone plug at last, flopped out of the hole and onto the grass. My, my, he said as he looked around. I'm the first Spoochie that ever was found. This meadow looks lovely, the flute plants abound and a lake for my Tootie kazoo canoe rounds. He decided to settle here in this land, and though he was lonely, he had a plan. He remembered a girl spoochie down in a hole. He'd go and get her and
2: make her his own. And life would be pleasant, and they'd have a brood. They'd live on flute pudding and spoochie canoes. The whole world before them, they'd have their way.
1: Nothing would hurt them for ten thousand more days. Thank you, Reddit user Cutty2K, for letting me use this and say it and writing the most horrifying piece of Dr. Seuss I've ever seen. Number five, Patch. Number five.
0: Oh, here we are. Um, Number five. We got it.
1: Can you believe it?
0: I'm terrified. Half of ten. We're halfway to double digits, fellows and fillets. Fillets. I don't know. Fellows and fillets. Fellows and fillets. That sounds a bit sexist. Sounds like a good name for a club night, fellows and fillets. It sounds pretty like sleazy sexist, though. Mm. I wouldn't mind a bit of that fillet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. A bit fishy. Oh god, <laughs> accidental misogyny. Uh, sorry, guys. Sorry. sorry, Tumblr. This is the this is the twenty first century uh, landmine that we have to.
1: It's true, but we we must remember, like as far as we're concerned, there are only men left because it's basically just me and it's you. Just
0: me and you. I mean, I mean, I have my girlfriend.
1: Are you talking about the dead rat?
0: No, not the dead rat. That's my ex-girlfriend. I found a new one.
1: The mop? Yeah, the mop. Scarlet. So, you've you've, you've had a hard time in the, in the love vault recently, haven't you? Having a good time, it's
0: fine. It's me and Scarlet, we hang out, talk about... Uh, she tells me what's going to happen in the next Avengers movie. It's okay. pretty exciting. I've got some... I'm not going to spoil it for you. Where, where's her mouth on the mop? Oh, where isn't her mouth?
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm moving swiftly on. From, yeah, let's. Uh, uh, I told you, Robin. I mean, that we'll save that for the Valentine's Day Don't special. Don't bring up the sex vault. <laughs> I told you three times,
0: three episodes in a row.
1: It's, it's, it's fairly fast. She's upset.
0: You're upset, in Scarlet. Okay. okay. She doesn't like. She doesn't like attention. Sorry. She's come down here for some privacy. There's paparazzi everywhere in the wasteland. She seems to be the only Avenger that survived.
1: And you know. Uh, Is her full name, Scarlett Mop Hanson? Is that her name? Yeah, (laughs) it wasn't before, but it is now. That's good. Scarlett Mop Hanson, uh, Patrick's girlfriend. Okay, Mm. she's a real woman. She knows what I like. And I completely. She likes what I know. It's it's been difficult for you down here, hasn't it?
0: I've got you. Uh,
1: And I've got an alcohol problem. Turning out really sad. no it's not spooky it's just tragic <laughs> it's scarily tragic <laughs> um, yeah
0: Halloween special guys can I'm, you believe
1: sp- it spooky in the vault um, there are moving suits uh, we've been hearing creaks and groans I mean more creaks and groans than normal yeah I mean I mean, they're, they're screams of horror
0: well I mean they're only screams of horror because of late the corridors are just make no sense to me yeah, I'll turn around. The corridor will change. They're twisting. There's, I'm just constantly just. It's a scary time to be alive. It's
1: been, a, it's been very spooky in the vault. Yeah, there's been. Uh, I've been seeing skeletons.
0: Skeletons aren't scary.
1: Well, I mean, I say skeletons. It's essentially just electrocuted mutants. Yeah, I mean, that's You're, why, you know I, that's why I put the fence up. Yeah, that's why I put the fence up. The, the bones glow. It's, it's yeah. actually kind of cool, to be honest.
0: It does look pretty good. It gives a certain, certain sais quoi to the lighting in the vault. Uh, Segway Mutant's still around, though. He's, he's doing the run. I so quite the- like
1: him. Like, how does he charge the Segway?
0: Maybe it- the electric fence.
1: He just runs into it.
0: <laughs> he just slams into it, zaps himself, and goes off about it's a- his day. He's quite a cheery guy. Yeah, no, I, I, you know what? I quite like Segway Mutant. He's a good guy. He grew on me. I only- much like that tumour on his neck. Uh, well, he grew you know, on me.
1: I'm not sure that's a tumour. I actually think that's just a, a really large shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you never really know with mutants, do you?
0: Nah, just, that's the point of them.
1: Yeah, you can never. I mean, because he's on his segway the whole time. You only ever get like half an hour. Um, sorry, half a minute talking to him.
0: <laughs> that's true. You kind of have to. It gets tiring trying to juggle alongside him.
1: Uh, I don't. even... I've not ca- caught his name yet. He's just. He seems to respond well to segway mutant. I well, think he's that's kind He's of his, on a segway. Yeah, I think what that's, else that's kind of his him? identity. John. Could be John.
0: Um. Oh yeah. Speaking of things that aren't quite so scary, true Nintendo
1: true. Switch happened. Did we not talk about this last time? No. Oh, no, just... we
0: talked about it on Tech Boys two episodes ago. Uh, I think you'll find in episode three, maybe 30 minutes in, you started talking about rumors of the Switch. <laughs> rumors of the Switch. I um, didn't know that's what you sounded like, Segway Muted. Yeah, so for real, I got a lisp. My, my tongue is... As a part of my mut- mutan- <laughs> mutanitation, my my tongue's too big for my mouth. I got this lisp. Uh, episode three... Of your podcast, you talked about rumors for the Switch, but you have not actually covered the Switch reveal, which happened as of recording your podcast four days ago.
1: Right. Okay, so let's start off with the Tech Boy segment, shall we?
0: <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, I'm not going to keep this voice up very long. You never did. No, it was difficult to do. So Nintendo, after many months of rumors and speculation. We talked about it a little bit two episodes ago. Thanks for the shout-out. Segway Mutant, they released their trailer for the Nintendo Switch.
1: Um, I watched it all. I wasn't that plussed about the advert. I thought it was very sleek. I thought it was very cool. Mm -hmm. But an advert can look really sleek and really cool and that doesn't mean a product. What I've not seen yet have been product specs. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Haven't seen any product specs and I haven't seen a product price. However... What I have seen that excites me very, very, very much is the amount of the list of confirmed developers. Okay. For the Nintendo Switch, that makes me very excited. I'll put a link in the show notes to a list of them, but it is enormous.
0: It's pretty much all the developers. It's all of them. It's all of them, apart from the ones that are owned by Sony or Microsoft. Yeah.
1: Um, and that's traditionally not been something Nintendo's done.
0: Well, I believe they might have done it for when the Wii U came out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They said all these developers were interested in working with us, but as the U's life cycle, the the U, the Wii U's life cycle went on, people dropped out. Yeah, it's not working. You're not selling units. We gotta back off. So the real thing, like, I'm excited by the amount of the developers. Let's say, like you. Let's say they've been. They're keen to work with Nintendo on the Switch. Mm -hmm. Um, But what Nintendo really need to do is just be like, here's our machine, it's going to go great, and it looks really good. I'm quite excited for it, for it coming out. Um, Yeah, they just really need to come out of the gate kicking and screaming, all guns blazing, firing on
1: all cylinders, all those phrases. Well, the thing is, it's like... And they're they're confirming themselves to be a, a serious player, like... They're gonna get a Skyrim port on it, right?
0: Well, allegedly.
1: Allegedly, the trailer shows that they would have a Skyrim port. The guy's playing Skyrim in it.
0: The guy is playing Skyrim in it, but is that just to showcase this is what our thing can do? Because Bethesda have said, Bethesda pretty much said, "Whoa, we didn't give the we didn't give them Skyrim." Oh, really? Essentially, they, they they someone asked them, "Oh, so you're gonna put Skyrim on the Switch?" They were like. Nah, we didn't say that, but we're going to work with them. Mm. So I guess they just...
1: Uh, Took a bit of a liberty there. Yeah, which is, you know... Considering how tight Nintendo are on gameplay footage, that seems a bit interesting. I know. A slightly hypocritical not. decision to make there, Nintendo. However,
0: I think it's a reasonable thing to do, just to be like, this is what we can do. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily what we're going to do, but they should have been more clear with that Yeah, in the trailer. Um he teased a little Nintendo uh, a little he teased a little Mario game yeah uh which we hadn't heard of before all of a sudden here's this new Mario game looks a lot like Mario Sunshine and Mario 64 proper yeah. 3D platformer it might an- again just be another like engine uh, test um might not be what we actually get
1: um but hey Mario I mean, I'm excited for it. I mean, it looks like... For for anyone who's not seen the trailer, I mean, watch the trailer. It's very cool. It's cool. That's a lot um, of hipsters
0: playing Nintendo, which you don't see anymore.
1: You don't. It's nice. I mean...
0: It's aimed at people
1: our age as well, which is a nice change. It's nice. Yeah. Um, What I thought about it particularly... Like, sorry, I'll, descri- I'll describe it. I'll paint a picture with words. So it's essentially a tablet that has a docking station. Yeah. And from what I understand, how it will work is the... And the, uh, the tablet has detachable controller sections. Uh-huh. So they can work like the nunchucks of the original Wii. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Um, so they can attach to the sides of the tablet, and then you can use that as a handheld device, or you can dock it in the docking station, remove the controllers, and then it pairs automatically with the television you're using. That's, uh, that's what I understand. It's also, a very cool idea. Also, it showed that it was using cartridges... Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I'm similar excited.
0: I don't know what it is, but the sight of cartridge Nintendo going back to cartridges just does something in my in my brain. I'm like, oh,
1: cartridges. Well, again. they seem to really commit to the like. We're not going to do auto updates. We're not doing this. It's plug and play, man. That's what a game. That's what yeah, a games console is. It should be. If you want, if you want a PC, get a PC. Yeah, this ain't a PC. <clears throat> um, but yeah, uh, so. I feel good about it, but I, I'm gonna need some see some specs. I'm gonna need to see a price. I'm gonna need to see some confirmed titles.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna be a day one adopter. No, I'm gonna see how it goes. Maybe wait until E3 next year, see what they got for me. But yeah, I'm I'm feeling optimistic. I think Nintendo are kind of totally flipped from the past like three years where they were just, they pretty much gave up on the Wii U. Yeah, they're like, oh, the Wii U is not working, so. You got the NX. Oh, I'll do. I guess just wait for that, guys. If you bought a Wii U, we're sorry. <laughs> Zelda, you were gonna do it, but yeah, Miyamoto made that noise. No, yeah. just let. No, I didn't. He didn't. I just imagine in an interview. So what about uh, Zelda for the Wii U? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it, there's me motor-rushing. Uh, you know, I, I spent too much uh, time uh, planning the NX. Well,
1: do Zelda on the NX. It'll look better. Look, it'll look better. It has the clicky-clicky. It has the side-side. It's great. It pairs. It's, it's fine.
0: Speaking of clicky-clicky, yes. I liked in the trailer how they kept going to the switch between all the segments. I thought it was smart. It looks cool. It's a
1: good trailer. Look, yeah. no, hands down, Like yeah. the person who did... You know what? Apple, after their... I'm sorry to go back to some topic I've already touched on Mm -hmm. but Apple after their catastrophic trailer which I mean it hasn't really uh, in fact they've lost money yeah they've announced a loss for the first time or lower profit I can't remember um, statistics in in the show notes but they've they've not done this well after the release of the 7 oh right and I think it's because of the advertising campaign
0: advertising is a huge part Um, of Apple of of Apple and Um, of just business in general
1: true um but I think uh Apple if they were clever they would immediately hire the team that made the Switch advert.
0: Well, interesting this should come up. Because when the Wii U was announced, yes, the advert for it was all over the place. Yeah. People didn't know what the what the console was about. It was half we were like it's still kind of the Wii You know, you just got a screen for it now. And half of it was, this is a brand new console. It'll change the way you play games. It was the naming.
1: You should not have called it the Wii U. It was a different console.
0: The Wii U definitely, in hindsight, looks like a Switch prototype. The Switch looks like definitely what they wanted to do. Oh, right. I have a theory that maybe Nintendo shareholders were rushing them. The Wii was amazing. Give us the next big thing. And they were maybe already working on the Switch. Mm Mm-hmm. And said, "Well, we kind of halfway there. Sort of like it looks a bit like a Wii, but but for babies. Uh, we got the switch that's coming up, but that's too long away. Give us a Wii U, and uh, I think that might have been what happened." Eh?
1: I like that theory. I mean, I, it makes like me feel that.
0: better about Nintendo not being stupid.
1: Yeah, um, it because it does when you look back on the Wii U and the way it was marketed. It's just, it seems so mental. And it was like, I remember I was I was reading a Reddit thread recently, and it was talking about the Wii U, and the amount of people who were like, I didn't even know the Wii U was actually a different console. Yeah. I thought it was an add-on, it, like, until months into its life cycle. It's
0: unfortunate, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's like... You don't want that. For that's, a new that's console, you, you don't want what that. what you want. No. That's bad. That's really bad marketing. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it's because Miyamoto, bringing them up a lot this conversation, but hey, it's Nintendo... Miyamoto was saying, like listen, the hardware the hardware will sell the consoles, and the software will come second. We just need people to see what the hardware does, but people were just like, What does the hardware
1: do though and it's not that that's so strangely adverse to what Nintendo's done previously, yeah, they've yeah. not been about the hardware. the hardware's there to facilitate the games, yeah,
0: something, business-wise and- something business wise yeah. happened something business something something business, something something business, and I hate to theorize on." On, on Iwata. Yeah. Because he was a good man and he died and I'm really sad about it but maybe it was his last days of being president of Nintendo and just being... Maybe he went a bit funny. Skiwiff. Skiwiff before he died because he's an old man.
1: Potential, man. And it was like, hey, just do it. President, presidents of companies do have surprisingly little control, though. You do have to remember that. Well, he
0: was under a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's what I heard from like shareholders. Like, he, he just wanted Nintendo to be like the Wii, the GameCube and all Mm -hmm. that, but he was under a lot of pressure to get onto mobile, to get another handheld console out, to move on from the Wii and do a new one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I am very optimistic about it because I suspect, um, my guess is this will be, all of them will come, like (sighs) smartphone paired. So you can pair it with your smartphone and use your smartphone's internet connection. Okay. And that'll be native to it. So you can, like, download apps on your thing while it's connected to your smartphone.
0: Well, I think it will. Yeah, it should have app capabilities because it's portable.
1: Well, that's what I suspect. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it's going to... But that's how I can see it going. Uh huh. So that this is not an always online device, but a device that's rarely not connected. Okay. Um, So it can be like, you can download apps on the fly so it can be used as a mobile device that's more powerful than your phone. I think that's where the space it's trying to occupy. Yeah.
0: I, I like the idea of it I I don't think necessarily I'll take it on a bus with me or, or take it to parties but I think if I'm going on a long haul flight I'd do it
1: I mean contrary to what the advert will show you I mean wh- whipping out a games console at a party does not make you a cool guy
0: depends what kind of party you go to it's true but yeah generally hey guys let's stop catching up and socialising do you want to play this new Mario game that's not been announced yet
1: you're just gonna you're just gonna watch me play.
0: Yeah. Although if I went, if you went to a party with just a surprise Mario game that no one's seen before, that yeah. probably would get some buzz going. I
1: don't know. Uh, depends again. <laughs> depends on the party.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I'm feeling good about the the, the I keep wanting to call it the NX. I like the NX.
1: I, c- I like the Switch. After watching the advert, I'm kind of sold on the NX. Uh, it's
0: gonna take me a while to adjust because for ages I keep calling it the NX. Yeah. But I'll just have to make the switch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. next segment I <laughs> know that one got capped off so perfectly yeah. um, um, do you have anything to talk about I've got lots to talk to you about it's going to be a big episode I it's going to be a big boy Yeah. Um, shall we delve back to our second our, our second delving into the anime cave
0: Oh, do you want to do the anime cave this week?
1: I want to do the anime cave. I thought you wanted to keep it, but I'm I'm more than happy to. Oh, because I I didn't think I'd have enough time. I mean, I, I have, got the keys. Uh, I've got the keys. To yeah, the anime I brought them just just in case. Let's go to the anime cave.
0: All right, anime cave.
1: Space dance. You like? I really like good. It. I was so, I was like. As soon as I started watching, I was like, "Yeah, okay, that's how a ton of like. Brilliant, isn't it? it's just,
0: um, it's just, as I said, it just—I love anime that just doesn't take itself seriously.
1: It's just silly.
0: Yeah, that's why I like loved Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. What I love about Space Dandy is all the—it's basically all the silly episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Just essentially the one where they take mushrooms. Yeah. But like every episode is like that.
1: Yeah, I love the lack of continuity. Like, it's taking is taking lifts from so much good stuff. Like, it's taking lifts from the... South Park it's taking lifts from like old Hanna-Barbera stuff like I said to you like this is this is Johnny Bravo in space yeah
0: it has it, a bit of a Futurama vibe around it as well yeah I, I think, think. so I
1: yeah. am um, I just really I really dig it man and it's like it's got that nice thing about it that the Johnny Bravo thing is what I really liked specifically um, because it has that sort of anime exploitative vibe where it's like, oh there's like loads of hot girls with their they're tits and asses out, yeah, uh-huh. all the time. But there's also the fact that like, they're never victims. Like, yeah. they're generally they generally have the upper hand against our protagonist. Who yeah. is, and that's the same as like in Johnny Bravo. And if you remember, like, all the girls in Johnny Bravo were like scientists and lawyers and like, uh, and they, they were weren't really that into him, well out of his league. And Johnny Bravo was like, yeah, you're gonna love me, I'm amazing, and they yeah. were like, no, <laughs> and no, you're a loser. Um, so it's like exploitative in the way that's like oh they're women and they're hot but then it's like oh yeah but they're women and they're people yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's just I, I thought that was really good yeah. I really liked that
0: uh, how much have you watched of
1: it? Um, I've got about halfway through the first season Okay. Um, I got to that zombie episode you were talking about oh yeah, yeah. oh just brilliant just brilliant it's good isn't it oh. uh,
0: there's episodes in there as well it's one of those things that's really good like I said in the Futurama there's episodes in there that, that just make you like feel they're just nice episodes there's ones that are there's one that uh is pretty much just like Wally. Yeah. Like uh, you know this little uh robot the robot friend. I can't remember, what's the name of the robot again? I can't remember? remember? It's like it's like, literally like BB-8 or something. Yeah. Uh but uh he he she gets stranded on like a It's, it's a, he, a he I he? think. Yeah. I think it's a he, but it's got like a girl's voice. Yeah. Anyway.
1: We um, could we could get into the BMO conversation from Adventure Time.
0: Well, a lot of uh young male characters in cartoons do have Female, Female uh, voice actor Bart Simpson. Bart Simpson. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> Millhouse. Well, I was gonna just mention like um, BMO in Adventure Time is referred to as a he, a she, a they, a there, an it. I think that might it's be referred the case with everything. the robot in
0: Space Dandy as well. Oh, that might Maybe, be case. but anyway, so it gets stranded on like a on a on a, a planet where robots are just like you know they're. There's robot versions of everything. There's robot versions of cash registers, of blenders, of microphones, and he falls in love with like a with like a blender or something. Yeah. But it's just a really nice story because he falls in love with her, but he's not good enough for her. She's like works in like a nice like coffee shop, and he's just this like little rundown little robot. It's so lovely. I don't know if it's maybe season two, but it's great. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you haven't watched it all because I have not watched all of uh, One Punch Man. Oh yep. But I like One Punch Man. Yeah, I'm gonna keep watching it. Um, it's not. I don't really binge watch TV shows mm-hmm. anymore. Uh, I like to have TV shows as something I can just go to when I've got a spare twenty or forty minutes. Like so I'll just put an episode on while I'm having my tea, while I'm while I'm washing up, while I'm doing some cleaning. Uh, no, One Punch Man's really funny. It's a good one, isn't it? I'm glad I finally took the dive.
1: It's uh, I'm very very happy with One Punch Man. I'm yeah. so excited for the second season to come out.
0: Yeah, and yeah, that's so. There's more of it to come, which is good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, it's great. I like uh, I like the idea that he just is really upset that like mm-hmm. he can't find anyone to have a good fight with. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea that, like the in the opening credits are just like talking about it's One Punch Man. Here he is. He can fight. <laughs> he's the strongest man alive and like the final shot of the credits is just him walking home with like a shot bag of shopping with some leaks in it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, he just lives a pedestrian life Uh, like yeah the animation is really cool I like in the fight scenes it all looks like it's like quickly sketched and drawn and all stretches the other characters like the more serious characters are always also really cool Um, yeah no it's good Um, thanks for for, you didn't force me I suggested a swap but
1: yeah yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I did. I mean, it's all consensual here, mate. Yeah. It's all good. consensual in the vault. Another thing for Enemy Cave, I don't know if this technically counts, but regular show? You watched this before?
0: Yeah, you no. Know, the one with the bird and the and the rat and the bubblegum guy.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean that's fairly <laughs> I mean that's like my grand talking about my Nintendo when it's well, my Well, I've never but, watched it. But fair enough. Come on, hit um, regular. No, no, it's uh, I watched the new I've been a fan for a long time, but I watched the newest season recently. Okay. And it's uh it's really good. Um, a lot of people panned it for the last few seasons and said it was oh, all too relationship focused and it wasn't very interesting. But I feel in the the recent one they've um, made it much more zany it's all they're all like based on a space station and it's all it's just a bit zany, a bit fun. Okay. Like the old ones. Um, and I was just it was a lot of fun. Good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Enjoyed it. I don't know. I'm not liking this new wave of
0: wacky kids cartoons. Really? They call me old-fashioned, but I don't know. They're, I don't. I don't. I just can't get into it. Really? I've watched. I've watched a bunch of Adventure Time. I'm just like, ugh. who? Where?
1: I am an enormous Adventure Time fan. I know. Like frighteningly enormous. Yeah,
0: no, I know. I know you love Adventure Time, but I just. I can't get into it. Regular show seems like. Not quite as good as Adventure Time. I don't...
1: Is... I, I mean, I would definitely view Adventure Time as... No, uh, sorry, Adventure Time is far superior to to regular show.
0: Yeah, but you can imagine how I feel about regular show if I don't even want to give yeah. Adventure Time a chance. I just... I don't know. It's just maybe...
1: I mean, there there is... They're sort of very nice, um, very accessible, which I, I think puts a lot of people off, yeah. weirdly.
0: Do you mind get a bit harsh? I don't know if this is harsh. Oh, okay. I feel there's an element of maybe trying too hard. To be kind of just wacky,
1: and um, on I mean, Adventure Time, Adventure Time's been going for a long time now.
0: No, but like trying too hard to be like, whoa, it's a totally trippy bubblegum muffin guy, monster head.
1: Well, I don't know, man.
0: Or is that does that feel more natural?
1: <sighs> in to Adventure you? Time, it cer- certainly feels natural. I mean, it's a lot of it's just silly, uh huh. In, in like it, it does genuinely just feel like, oh, it's just cartoonists having a bit of fun. Yeah, and we'll there's make, nothing wrong with that. We'll just make it make sense within the world. Uh huh. Um, and also, I don't know. Um, again, people have said Adventure Time has gone downhill since season three. Um, they recently released a small segment within the last season or somewhere, one of the most recent seasons. Called it was a mini series called Stakes. Uh huh. It was about two of the um, two of the side characters, Marceline and um, Princess Bubblegum. Okay. And it was just it was done dead straight, and it was amazing. Yeah. Like they did different intro sequences, different outro sequences. Um they made a they basically made a completely new uh series within the same world. Okay. And it was genuinely hands down. And it was almost like, yeah, we can do this seriously. There. Well, I mean, that's a it.
0: sign of good um good uh, good creative. And, it, and it's
1: show. like hands down. And I think it's my that those are my favorite that's my favorite segment of the entirety of Adventure Time so far. Oh, cool. Um I would recommend that even if you don't like the rest of it. Yeah, just hands down. It's would great. you be able to watch it with I, the rest of it? I think you could, although I, I feel it would be very hard for me to say that because I've been watching Adventure Time for like four years now, yeah, five yeah. years. So it's very ingrained in me. So it'd be hard for me to say, but I'd imagine you could. Fair enough. Um, that would be my <laughs> my uh, anime suggestion.
0: Okay, I might go for it. Yeah, I might not. I might just keep watching One Punch Man and still true. working my way through. It's it. true.
1: I think One Man, One Punch Man, certainly. As far as I know about the things you like, that's far more in line with them.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm just more old fashioned with my uh cartoons. Like I watch, still watch lots of Red and Stimpy. Mm. I watch Batman the animated series. Yeah. Every now and again, I'll catch an episode of Fairly Odd Parents. It just happens to be
1: on. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love all these things as well. Yeah, they're,
0: still, they're all really good. But I just, I don't know.
1: It's old, <laughs> I just you know what, man. I, I like because a lot of people I hear these criticisms, but I, like, I don't like this sort of modern age of, of cartoons with like your regular show, your Adventure Time, your um, uh, Crystal Gems, um, Steven Universe. That's what I'm looking for.
0: Uh, uh, Steven Universe is one that I'm kind of semi interested in. Yeah, I would maybe give a look.
1: I just, I just really like it. It's just nice. Yeah. It's just, it's just nice characters being nice. I
0: respect it for being jolly and nice mm. and everything. And I like what they've done. And I'm really happy for the people that made it. Is it
1: it's sugar? Yeah. That's her surname. Something Sugar.
0: Something Sugar. Well, I'm really happy for them and everything. And I'm going to let them finish. But Ren and Stimpy was the greatest wacky cartoon show of
1: all time. All right, mate. Uh, I'm just saying, yo. I'm just saying, yo. Well, I'm just saying if you're talking about like real wacky cartoons, we could talk about the Codex Seraphinus, which is the the realest wacky cartoons of all time. What's that? You've never seen the Codex Seraphinus? What? No, what is this? Wow.
0: It sounds like a it sounds like a rule book for Warhammer.
1: No, no, man. Right, okay. So it's a uh, some mad um surrealist artist made this book. Uh-huh. It's, it's cartoons it's all cartoons well it's like um, it, it, it's like a sort of comic book almost well no it's not like a comic book at all that's why it's called Codex yeah. and it's like an encyclopedia for a world that doesn't exist and doesn't make sense and he wrote Just it all Pushing all my buttons he now. wrote it all in a language that is made up by him and stop no one's translated oh, please
0: sounds amazing
1: <laughs> yeah um, I'm gonna have to go to the Sex box. <laughs> I, I got really into this actually, God, when I was like 19. Yeah? I, was, I, I got really dead into this. This is when I, because I, I really got into surrealism, I thought it was really cool. I, <laughs> when I was like 17, I was like, wow, surrealism, holy shit, my, my brain. Uh-huh. Um, and then I got into like uh, Dali and MC Escher and stuff like that. And then I found, like, this Codex Seraphinus, and then I found out there was, like, a bunch of other things that were similar to this. Uh-huh. Like, weird codexes that people had made that don't make any sense. And these things, man, that is where... That's where... And I would be so surprised if people like who make, like, Ren and Stimpy and made Adventure Time haven't drawn reference from these things. Is it, like, old? Ah, it's well old, man. Yeah? Yeah. You gotta link me to that. Yeah, like, the Codex Seraphinus is, like, early 70s or something
0: alright I'll give it a look that sounds interesting like,
1: well interesting man. cool like hands down also the animation quality is incredible okay well, not animation quality rather the, the art quality the art quality yep. is just, and it's beautiful um, like you would any any page of this is just incredible also it's one of the most expensive books on the planet
0: shit
1: because like only a hundred of them were made what yeah
0: <laughs> so how, how do we get our hands on such a device
2: PDF oh
0: yeah
1: because galleries have got them and then they put the pdf up for free cool yeah thanks galleries it's it's so awesome i
0: can't believe you've not heard of it no this is news to me you studied art at one point before the event by studied art like they make you do the stuff they make you do the stuff
1: they want you to do man Mm.
0: you go to art college all they teach you is how to toe the line
1: See, I, I just studied in the, the the College of Hard Knocks. I, I learned all my art ah, from real life. College of Hard Knocks, did you? I fucking
0: so <laughs> you're on minimum wage, yeah? <laughs> fucking School of Hard Knocks. That's all that gets you <laughs> qualifications to be a fucking janitor. Yeah. <laughs> hey. uh, right,
1: so moving doing. swiftly on, um, but yeah, I'll definitely lend you the. I'll send you send you over. It's great.
0: Yes, please. It sounds amazing. Um, so yeah, moved over to the to the western half of the anime cave.
1: Yeah, we did. We, we, I mean, it's a big cave. It's a huge cave. It's a big cave.
0: Yeah, I forgot my spelunking gear, <laughs> but now you must climb out, climb out of this anime cave, and move on to um, Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Red Dead Redemption Two was revealed last week. Yeah, it was. In Rockstar's signature style of Oh Fuck, Here It Is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Here's a game. Oh, shit. So just got Left Red Dead Redemption 2 lying over, lying around. Um, Funnily enough, I'd started playing it again like two days before they announced it. Really? Yeah, I was I was I was bored. Found an Xbox 360 in the vault, didn't I? Yeah. I was like, oh shit, there's a copy of Red Dead.
1: Old tech, but it still checks out.
0: That's, well, I mean, it's very few Xbox 360s still work. <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not Red built. Ring of Death, am I right? <laughs> not, they're not built to last like they used to be. <laughs> anyway, been playing Red Dead Redemption again. It's very, very good. stands the test of time. A little bit janky, but you know, it was different, simpler times. I never really got into it, actually. That's good.
2: I'm, uh...
0: If you like open world exploration, then and if you like the Wild West, mm-hmm. if you like shooting dudes and uh, and riding around on horseback, uh, uh, then then you'll love it.
1: It's good. So, what do we know about Red Dead Redemption Two?
0: That it rather than it's called Red Dead Redemption Two. Yeah, but it is a prequel to the first. Oh, so what? Already, what
1: the hell's going on there? Well, um, yeah, because normally Rockstar go for like giving it a subtitle rather than naming it direct sequel. Hold on. Well, we had Grand Theft Auto 3, and we had Grand Theft Auto Vice City.
0: Then Grand Theft Auto Four. San Andreas. San Andreas, then we and had Grand, Grand Theft, Theft Auto, Theft Auto Four. 4. However, different Rockstar studio. Rockstar North, do Grand Theft Auto? Rockstar San Diego produce Red Dead. Mm. Uh, because their very first Red Dead game was Red Dead Revolver on the PlayStation
2: Two. I'd never heard of this.
0: Uh, it's it's good. It's kind of where it all kind of came from. Sort of story of the Old West. I barely remember it. I played it when I was like fifteen. Was it good? Yeah, it's good. It was pretty cool. They had all the ideas there. It was mm-hmm. all the ideas that eventually fleshed out Red Dead Redemption. Um, but I thought it's basically my point is the name. Mm-hmm. I thought they would go for like Red Dead. Something else because it yeah. was Red Dead Revolver, Red Dead Redemption,
1: Red Dead prequel.
0: Yeah, you know because they could call it like Red Dead, not revisited. that sounds sort of shit, but you know what I mean, like something. Yeah, RDR, RDR. Uh, I but because like to call it two and then to say oh it's a C- it's a prequel.
1: Red Dead rom com.
0: Red Dead rom com. Red Dead romp.
1: Red Dead. Ronald. Red
0: Dead Ronald. I think that's with actually, all the
1: clown, clown scares that are going on. I think Red Dead Ronald would. I think fit right the end. main
0: character is called Red Dead Ronald in all the games. Really? He's like, I'm Red Dead Ronald. Really? I'm Red. No. <laughs> John Marston is the name of the of the protagonist. That's of a Red hard Dead. name.
1: Yeah, he's. What's the name of the protagonist in Starcraft? I don't know. Oh my god! I think he might have a harder name. Fact
2: check. Pause. Dry day on Wednesday with sunny periods. I've been listening to Jesus Wasteland Radio. All oh, rest my head is Jesus
0: FM. Welcome, Jesus, the Rapture, Rapture FM.
1: Hello there, would you like to be saved?
0: Saved from the perils of the wasteland and the rapture that has clearly been bestowed on you and ours the kindly?
1: Well, (laughs) you have already been saved.
0: The fact that you are breathing means (laughs) that you have been saved by God, but
1: not by the Lord. But do you wanna save?
2: Save 10 that now! Ten ninety
1: nine down at Dishwashers and Wasteland <laughs>
0: Code! You can come down a whole lot of these dishwashers as cheap
1: as hell, dishwashers. That's so cheap and so holy! Because the full of holes you can use it as a colander, oh my god! You'll be praising the dead god,
0: you well, these dishwashers have Jim Rayner? Jim Rayner. Now John Marston has that beat. They're both pretty hard names, man. Yeah, but you don't know John Marston like I do.
1: You don't know Jim Raynor like I do.
0: That's very true. His son, however, uh, just to spoil the end of Red Dead Redemption, I said, "Do you want to play it? Do you think you'll play it?" Uh, you I, I'm
1: not a big fan. I don't really like. I didn't. It didn't grip me, so I know I'm not going to really play it through.
0: All right. So John Marston dies at the end. Oh God. Yeah, he gets killed. It's really sad. He does all this shit for his family. Just to, he works for the government as sort of like oh, I used to be an outlaw. Now, I work for the government. The government are making me do all this shit. But I just want my family to be safe, so I'll do it. And he does it. You spend a couple of missions just on the farm with your family. And then at the end, the army shows up. You're a dangerous man. Have a life, John Marston. We've t- cut off all our loose ties, and you're the last one. And you just die in a big epic shootout. Dear do you- Barnes. Does your wife and kid live? Uh, your son, uh, Jack Marston, lives. And he's the worst. <laughs> Because you play the rest, because it's an open world game. Yeah. So, like, obviously the story ends and John Marston dies, so you've got to continue playing somehow. You play as a older Jack Marston, because Jack Marston's just like a 15-year-old kid. So it comes to like 10 years later, and Jack Marston's like, I'll always remember you, daddy. I'll be the best. And he's the worst. Because he's just not as good. Right. Imagine like Darth Vader versus Anakin Skywalker. It's that level of sort of
1: just... ugh. Oh my I gotta God. be this guy. I gotta be. Oh, I can't be badass Jack anymore. So I keep
0: a save file just before the game ends, so yeah. I can just rock, rock around and do all the collectibles as John Marston.
1: Because he's cooler.
0: Because he's just good. So back to my main point. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Red Dead Redemption Two is a prequel to Red Dead Redemption.
1: So do you play as Jack or no? So, no, so Jack's the son. You play as John. I
0: don't know if you play as John, but I think apparently the word on the street is you play as the, as the gang that he ran ran with. Oh, so you play as all the different characters. Well, because Grand Theft Auto V was huge for having three different characters. Yeah, it was. So, it? And in the little teaser image, there's like seven dudes. So I don't mm. know if you play as all seven, but like if you're... Because he was part of like a gang, like in a gang of outlaws, so it yeah. makes sense. But the thing is, the trailer is really good. It's impressive. It's pretty. It doesn't show off any of the... Uh, of the actual substance, the meat. Yeah. The meat and potatoes. The real important part of the game. Sure, it looks good, but does it play good?
1: We'll find that out, though. Well, for most people who I've spoke to about Red Dead Redemption um, sang its graces on the grounds that it felt good. Like, the eagle eye vision, is that what it's called? Um, what The system they use when you slow down time when yeah, you use the gun. Yeah, dead eye. Dead eye, that was it. That was uh, widely regarded as feeling very good. Yeah. Like, the feedback you get when you shoot guns um, sounds really good. All, the, these are things that people have told me, so I can't imagine they'll change that.
0: I oh, know, it's a very in-depth, uh, immersive, Wild West experience. You rock around the, the, the desert for a little while, you meet people, you, see, you just see things happening. You, you'll be riding to town in the middle of a desert and then there'll just be like gunshots in the distance. Yeah, like where are those gunshots coming from? And it'll just be like a, a guy running away from two sheriffs because he like broke free of his of his bonds. You can either kill the sheriffs and save the outlaw, or you can kill you can kill the, you can capture the outlaw and give it back to the sheriffs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And your, uh, basically your good guy meter <laughs> will go up or down depending on what you do.
2: Good. I hate that shit.
0: Yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose because like. That's the one thing I would say against it because I'm trying to play through Red Dead Redemption now. Is just sort of like, I'm a changed man. I want to do good for my wife and kids, but it gives you all these options to just like go around and, like Grand Theft Auto style, just killing lots of the people. Yeah. It's like it doesn't doesn't feel like the character would do. Whereas Grand Theft Auto, like if you play as like Trevor, he's just a nut job. You can just go. You know, I've just flown off the handle. I'm That's gonna kill lots of guys. One
1: of the triumphs I think of Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Is giving you Trevor. Yeah. Because means- I think it makes you play the other characters differently.
0: It definitely does. Hmm. Yeah,
1: and it's so because they basically made Trevor as the Grand Theft Auto player. Well, That's sh- what Trevor is. Well, they
0: show exactly that they know their their audience. Yeah, they know there's people that want to play it seriously and shooty. So there's Michael. They know that there's people that love cars, Franklin. Yeah. They know that there's people all, that both of those demographics love just playing Grand Theft Auto and going crazy. Give you Trevor. It's great. Yeah, and as such, Trevor is. The most the more memorable character. Yeah, there you go. Rockstar know what they're doing, man. Good developer. Yeah, good guys.
1: Yeah. So um, Red Dead Two. That's that's a thing. Do you wanna? Do you have another thing? I got a couple of things. I got a couple of things. Um, What's your thing? I want to talk about Terry Pratchett, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about books? Uh, don't say why not. Uh, Vault Book Club. The Vault what, Book is that
0: Club. A seg book a segment. Uh, I mean, why not? We got segments for everything else. <laughs> Vault, the Vault Book Club. The Vault Book Club.
2: And and this week on the Vault Book Club,
0: everything you must. Okay, you can talk about Terry Pratchett and yeah. books. But we have to be very quiet.
1: <laughs> no, because the game won't pick it up. <laughs> no.
2: <just> go really? <laughs> close to the mic. Just go really quietly and talk about. I'll talk to you about books. This
1: yeah. week I read Oscar
2: Wilde's Book about. I don't know any of his books. (laughs) Interesting you mentioned Oscar Wilde because that's very reminiscent, that's very referential of our main topic.
0: You don't have to keep doing this if you don't want to. I do like it.
2: It's quite all right. Although I do fear that if I continue to talk like this for much longer, Radio 4 will offer me a job. Cool. and I don't particularly want to work at Radio 4 because I don't like Desert Island Discs, nor do I like fine cheeses and talking to English people about jam.
0: Yes, but Radio 4, I have to say, it's one <laughs> of my one of my favourites. Best radio. One of my yeah. absolute favourites.
1: But uh, you know what I'm talking about, that incredibly soft-spoken, like... Man, if I get a job on, ta- on Radio 4 out <laughs> I'd be so surprised. <laughs> this last place. Have you listened to our podcast? What the fuck are you doing? Put us on Radio 1 at 2 in the morning. You want <laughs> you want us to talk to some lovely vicar in a southern English town about Chutney for How an hour. How'd you
0: get in this vault, vicar? Get it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't you realise all the gods have died? <laughs> All the gods died when the bombs dropped, Vicar. Uh, we all lost our faith. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I wanted to talk about Terry Pratchett because I, since the last recording, I've read two enormous Terry Pratchett books. Whoa, cool. Yeah, I really got stuck in. That, that's um, a nice one, man. I've experienced, I've done a lot of media. <laughs> so I read Thud and I read Snuff. Yes. Um, now, I don't know if anyone knows much about Discworld. Do you?
0: No. Here's the thing, Terry Pratchett... This is one of those writers whose work always seems very interesting to me, mm-hmm. but it's too intimidating. There's so much of it, I've just never got into it.
1: Let me let me bring you round into getting getting on board. Okay, because I've not read Terry Pratchett for a really long time, and I've read the, stu- the works that I've read when I was younger were uh, just very sporadic. I just read random stuff that was happened to be in my house. Right. Um, Thud and Snuff are both in the same series within Discworld. They're both about a uh, thing called the City Watch which is uh, basically the police okay Um, and they, they're coppers and they're all sort of like copper type stories but the thing is about Terry Pratchett it doesn't matter if you don't know the lore it doesn't matter that's because good Terry, he's such a wonderfully human writer okay like you can go into any book and you can just get off on it on the grounds that like Terry Pratchett just understands people So th- so they're not like so they're just different stories
0: in the same world they're yeah. not like because some i some, some part of me thought they were all like chronological and you no. had to well they are they are but they're not like a continuing story
1: they're all chronological mm-hmm. but they are individual stories and like so thud and snuff um so thud happens directly before snuff right so snuff references stuff that happens in thud okay however you can read read them individually it's fine in any order yeah. and you, you you'll understand it enough um <laughs> so it's all
0: really Posh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um they're very much they have a beginning, a middle and the end. They're not continuations. Okay. Um but he's just such a wonderfully human author. Like he tea's gone cold. Describes <laughs> Sorry Tea's gone cold. Has your tea gone cold? <laughs> I can't think of a product to fix that. Get a bloody kettle. <laughs> Get a fucking kettle. Sorry. Um yeah. He's such a wonderfully human author. Uh His characters are all behave in a way you'd understand and he describes them in such a wonderful way that makes you go like, oh, I completely believe what these people are saying. I believe the way they feel and stuff. And even though it's this uh, mad um, fantasy world, it's all just tied together so wonderfully with the characters Mm. that are in it. He he never forgets that good fiction is about good dialogue as much as it is about good world building. Because you can build the best world in the world, but if... the wor- Best world in the world. You could build the best possible world, but if you don't have the correct characters to fill it, it falls flat.
0: No, I, yeah,
1: I believe that, yeah. And it's he's such an understanding of it. It's like so much characters live with living within a world rather than the world that's expressed through characters.
0: No, I like the sound of that. That's, yeah.
1: It's so sold, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go on a Pratchett binge. I'm going to go on a Pratchett binge. Yeah, Cool. And it's the first time I've had it in a while where I've been like, every second I have spare, I'm going to be like, oh, I need to listen. I need to listen to more Terry Pratchett.
0: Oh, so you're audiobooking it.
1: Oh, I, I, I don't think I've read a textbook in a long time. See,
0: I like to read, but I don't read very often. Mm-hmm. And I've been working on the same book for about almost a year. Jeez. Not even that big. I just pick it up when I can be bothered but I go through phases of like being bothered and not being bothered Hi. so uh, yeah I think I need to get into audiobooks because I listen to a lot of Lovecraft audiobooks yeah because they're just quick they're like short stories but like the series I'm reading at the moment it's like it's the first time I actually went back into reading was a book called The Name of the Wind yeah by uh, Patrick Rothfuss it's like a sort of fantasy thing and it's I haven't read a book for about three years, because I'm all about comics. Mm-hmm. I like big pictures, I like guys shouting at each other,
1: I like text bubbles. I like books you can read in half an hour. Is that because you have the mind of a child? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that, was, that, was, <laughs> that, was, that wasn't called for.
0: It's true. Uh, no, it is just because I, I just like comics. I just like what they do for me, and I like what, what I do for them. which is give them money.
1: You know, um, if only... There was some kind of audio-based book service that would give us a lucrative sponsor.
0: Oh, I imagine if we had enough people that would get a audible... Blah, 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 blah.
1: A what? I'm afraid we're not quite sponsored by a service that would offer that, so I won't say their name. Okay, cool. If
0: you want a sponsorship on this podcast, you've got to give us money.
2: I don't think they ever will. Nah, it's, no one's listening to this, apart
0: from <laughs> a few people who will be mentioned at some point. My mum.
1: In fact, I don't even think my mum listens to this one.
0: My mum reads my blog. Oh, I'm pretty happy with it. It's a good blog. She's like, I would not listen to the podcast. So I was like, Don't. I
1: swear. Sorry, that's my that's my Pratchett feelings. That's a, a that is
2: that is the bookend on uh, Don't Go Outside Book Club. I liked it. I thought it was very good one.
0: Yes. Well, that's now leaving the book club. Leave your comfy chairs, and go sit back on those old crates and barrels. Get in back. the
2: main body of the vault. Get back to the Ramy of the main body of the vault.
0: Main body of the vault in which, in which I discuss Louis Theroux's My Scientology movie. Whoa, oh, a good oh, one. A big good. topic, the big difficult talk. topic of Scientology. Jesus, right. Um, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna take it long on it.
1: It's just. I, I've not seen it, so I can't really. I can't string this out either.
0: No, I saw it. Uh, I wanted to talk about it a little bit because it's good.
1: I do have some pretty intense thoughts on Theroux as well. Yeah, do you like him? I like him. I think he's good. Well, let's talk about this first.
0: Okay, so Louis Theroux, my Scientology movie. Um, It's weird. He brought it out as a feature film. Yeah, it's a yeah. Bit, it's a longer than most of his documentaries. It was
1: on at ind- independent cinemas around here.
0: Yeah. When it came out. Uh, so I went to see it, uh, me, uh, me and Scarlett, my girlfriend. We, we both enjoy Louis Theroux's uh, work. Uh, and just, uh, I wanted to see his new thing. So, what was I going to say about this? No, we just, I, it's weird that it's a film though. Mm-hmm. Like an actual in theatres movie. I don't know if that's, I seem to remember reading something about getting around the the the, the, the tendrils of Scientology. They'd get really angry if you produced it as an actual documentary. Mm-hmm. I think that was it. They got loads of letters. Some of the letters appear in the film. Like legal, it's like, we're going to get our lawyers. Are you making a documentary about us? Like you'll be, it's filled with false information. We'll get our loyals or lawyers; they'll work their magic and just take you down. So I think Louis Three was like, "Well, it's a movie. <laughs> it's just a movie, but it's it's essentially one of his documentaries, but mm-hmm. it's presented as a film."
1: That's clever. It's,
0: he's a clever man. I think. I guess.
1: I think he's definitely yeah. a clever man.
0: Um. Yeah, so uh, it's good. It's slightly aimless, as some of his documentaries tend to be. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts off being, like... He starts off... His whole premise is, is he wants to get uh, an interview with uh, David Miscavige, like, the head of the Church of Scientology, just to get, basically, a different view on Scientology. Just get his input on it. Just get the real, like... Listen, everyone, everyone says bad shit about Scientology. You guys seem really scary. Just want to see what you're all about. He just flat out refuses. He hasn't given an interview since the nineteen eighties. Oh wow. Yeah. <clears throat> um so yeah, so the whole process is is essentially he just meets people who are involved with Miscavige, He meets one of his basically head enforcers, basically someone who if someone is thinking of leaving the Church of Scientology, he'll go he'll just either talk the idea out of the out of them or beat it out of them. But he, he's a, he's a guy that left the Church of Scientology, uh, basically when he wasn't allowed to. If you're in the Church, you're in. That's the thing. You you have to basically just bounce if you want to leave. Um, it's crazy. It just reveals about all all the different tiers of Scientology, all the money you have to put into get to getting like videos and pamphlets and lessons on how to be a better Scientologist. He goes through the ranks, the C Org. Is something I've seen written down, like mm-hmm. from like the website. But the Sea Org is like the elite Scientologist. They like present themselves as a navy. It's, oh, it's crazy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and he hires a man to to do uh, to be David Miscavige, like as an actor, to uh, reproduce some of his speeches. Uh, <clears throat> and he's he's really good. He comes across really well. He gets really intense, really scary about it, and he recreate the guy who was like his head enforcer he's he's the guy that uh, Louis spends the most time with you know in his documentaries he always kind of focuses on one guy Yeah. Uh, so he's the guy he spends the most time with and he talks about basically like this detention room that anyone who had ideas of leaving would just like be told to spend time in and uh, he recreated this scene where Miss Cavage comes in and he just loses his shit apparently he's like a little guy but you can can just fly off the handle like that and all of a sudden he'll be in your face he'll be like throttling you almost and everyone around you was just like shit Miss cabbage is out again but they don't do anything about it. He'll just calm down and everyone's like okay. Just carry on with my day. It's scary, man. Like um but as I say it's there's not like it just kind of ends. The documentary like you, you learn a lot but then I think eventually like either the budget run out or or he just decided. Oh, I got enough. I didn't. I didn't set out what. I didn't get what I set out to do. But I got enough material. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he just decides. So yeah, just sort of finishes. Yeah. Which is fine, but it's an interesting movie. It was entertaining, but it was ne- nice to learn a little bit about the Church of Scientology because uh, I didn't know that much about it before.
2: It's pretty horrifying,
1: really. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Tom Cruise is like I believe is probably just brainwashed. Yeah. like he's he's crazy I thought I figured that oh he's mad about Scientology he loves it he's just brainwashed because they, they show videos that uh, the church released like little films about mm-hmm. Scientology as like propaganda and there's one that where Tom Cruise is just talking about how great it is to be a Scient- Scientologist and how he's really upset that people want to leave the church but oh he's just, just he's just like not, he doesn't like it emotional but he's like man I think it's a shame people want to leave this is one of the best things yeah, he just. He's clearly just. Something's clicked in his mind and he can't turn it off.
1: Jeez. I do have an issue with Theroux. Yeah? Because um, I have these two sort of like tenants in my head that I find Theroux breaks, and even though like he does inform the masses, and even though he seems like a genuinely well meaning and intelligent guy, uh-huh. I don't think. I think a Freak Show by any means, is still a freak show. Yeah. Like, I don't care how you dress it up, right? If you're getting, what, white supremacists or Scientologists or porn stars or whatever it is, um, and you're trying to condense them and concentrate them all into one period of time so you can show a lot of them at once, you're making a freak show deliberately and you're trying to make these people out to be freaks so you can sell whatever the finished product is you're trying to sell yeah and that's still a freak show and i'm still not okay with it and there's also the fact that like i don't think you can change anyone's mind by making them feel like a dick yeah and i always feel at the end of theroux's documentaries even though he never actively says one way or the other it's edited in such a way to make these people look like dicks and make these people look like the enemy and it's that's not how you change people's minds (laughs) You change people's minds through kindness and you change people's minds through understanding. if you really had these powers of persuasion and interview powers and conversation which he clearly does, why isn't he using them to like try and you know convince these people that maybe you know a life of kindness and logic and reason is a better way rather than like making them say semi incriminating things and making them look stupid so they look like dicks on television yeah. And I've found that, I've always found that very problematic. And he, he seems so charismatic and so intelligent, I can't think he's deliberately doing this, but I feel that that's what comes out.
0: Well, I would say that maybe a lot of the experiences that he has, he I think maybe it's because he goes to the extreme. So it's mm. always the people who believe the hardest, who are just advocates, really. You know really heavy advocates for whatever the issue is that he's going to, so no matter what he says, they'll just be like, Well, yeah, it's just what I do, is what I believe in, you can't change my mind. Whereas if he went softer, he could possibly start to turn people around, but then I mean, that makes good viewing, yeah. But that's that, that
1: is but, my issue ultimately, yeah. It's like, I don't think this is something to do a good in the world, I think it's something to make money. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't know, because I think he clearly, he clearly is clever and compassionate enough to think that he's doing a good thing, but I don't know if it ultimately is, because um, I feel that anyone who has taken part in one of his documentaries will only be more entrenched in their viewpoint subsequently. Yeah, they won't be enlightened; they'll just be more entrenched.
0: Well, fair enough. You know what? That's that's a good point.
1: I mean, look, Louis. If you want to come on the podcast... Fuck, I'd to, love Louis uh, through to come on the be, podcast. That would, that would be so good. it would be great. Yeah, um, come visit our vault. I'd love to talk to you about it. Because um, I, I think you would say something very convincing that would make me change my mind, yeah. probably.
0: Like The thing is, not for, uh, some of his documentaries doesn't really go for that freak show thing. He does, like, those prison documentaries. He goes, I'm just going to see what this prison's like. Mm-hmm. And you just get an insight into what the life of a, you know, top high security prisoner is like yeah and you do learn things you know like obviously it's
1: very educational there is always that aspect but
0: as you say there is a sense of kind of the freak show and the
1: but that's always like I don't know I don't know if it was because when I started seeing Louis Theroux it was in this era of Channel 4 documentaries where it was like I don't know like Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends that was the one
0: I think maybe calling it Weird Weekends yeah
1: it was like here is a group of humans that are not normal now look at how not normal they are look at the freak show look at the freak
0: arguably it was younger though trying to trying to break out into maybe that's kind of inexcusable but still
1: I but that's 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 what I've been left with that's the, the yeah sort of... not fair enough and I, I, don't, I don't like that because it's like one people's uniqueness and people's weirdness should be celebrated and we shouldn't be ostracizing and saying that people are weird and then there's the fact that like if it's something abnormal to the point of being dangerous, like the white extremists, uh-huh. again, making them look stupid on television is not going to not change their mind. Yeah. That's, all that's going to do is make everyone angry at them and make every them angry at everyone else. It just creates a sense of other. It doesn't create a sense of dialogue. Yeah. So, Fair Louis, enough. that's my thoughts, man. Um, feel free to drop us an email if you're listening, which you're not. We'll get Louis Theroux, we'll get Daryl O'Brien, we'll get oh, get them all, panel show.
0: <sighs> Man, imagine, uh, one day. Don't we'll go make outside, it.
1: panel show.
2: Hello there, this is Mrs. Mother Hen's Missing Persons Report. <laughs> A few poor souls have gone missing in the wasteland, and we'd really like to see them return to our kindergarten. <laughs> I know there's a lot of danger in the wasteland oh. you could have been eaten by ghouls or melted by radio... radioactive spiders Matthew Cairns, last seen by the pet of no return Dearly, our... our dear little cherub Katrina Leonard, was last seen
0: wandering off into the distance drawn by the siren sound of
2: the cannibal gent <laughs> Fiona Gunn, last seen and the pirate authority of the broadshit cannibalism. All well, those cannibals sure are dangerous. But Mother Hen reminds you all to
0: stay safe and keep an eye out for people going missing and hopefully we can have all our little soldiers back again.
2: Coalition with the Scottish Nationalists.
1: Shall we move on to today's spooky topic of the week? The madcap
0: psychological walking simulator. I'm going to say it, but it's a very good one. Layers of Fear
1: we played. Layers of Fear. And actually, just with you saying that, to go back to our previous podcast and what we've talked about, it's technically not a walking simulator. Oh, would you say it's not a walking there's simulator? A, there's a death state. There is a death Did state. Did you die? There is a death state that affects game at end. Now although it doesn't feel like a death state because you just get up and play again Uh, it affects a reward at the end thus it's still a death state.
2: uh,
1: So it's not a walking simulator.
0: You saved it. Nice
1: one. I didn't deliberately save it. I feel (laughs) I feel that this is going to be the first thing first topic that we have a disagreement on. Oh shit. Okay. Um, Tell me what you thought in fact Shall we shall we tell the audience what Layers of Fear is?
0: Yes. Um <clears throat> uh, so Layers of Fear is a uh psychological horror thriller game released earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe March, April-ish.
1: Earlier. <laughs> yeah.
0: Earlier than that. Earlier this year. Um it's you basically play the, the role of, of a painter in Victorian Edwardian times. Early late 18th, early 20th century struggling to work on his magnum opus, his masterpiece. Uh, you learn a lot of weird and crazy things about his life on the way, uh, and it's all, you know, very spooky, jump scary. It's basically, you, you're you you're taking a tour around his, his abandoned house, but it's more of a tour inside of his mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's scary. He's clearly a very tortured guy. It's a very beautiful game. I think it looks great. I'm already saying too much. Robin, I'll pass it on to you.
1: Um, the, all of those things. Uh, the visuals are very beautiful. I would agree with that. Um, they're almost they're repetitive, but I'm saying that in a way that is not a negative. It's repetitive in a way that um, creates a sort of Escher-esque feeling of the landscape. It's very disorientating. It's very confusing. And you have to walk through these twisting corridors and um, try to understand your landscape and continue through. Um, All the while uh, achieving certain, well, attempting to get through to certain points that allow you to add a certain extra piece to your magnum opus, your painting, at the end. Once you complete it, that is the game complete. Um, I think that's the most rough way you can put it, but it's one of these games that's much more of an experience than it is
0: yeah. back to the experience
1: um, a plot I think it's very good that we played a game like this straight after our previous conversation on the interesting last isn't it yeah yeah um, but, accidental
0: yeah accidental very good timing Halloween I wanted to, I've wanted. i been wanting to play this game for a little while actually really yeah yeah I just saw it it was been on my Steam wish list for well since it came out
1: I hadn't heard of it until you you spoke to me about it
0: yeah no I was uh, I don't play very many horror games but I'd like to play more but as I say just, there's too much of a backlog so I find opportunities like this to be a great time to just get on the wish list find a cheap indie game and play it and I thought you know what it's Halloween let's play Layers of Fear and
1: uh, I'm really glad that I did Um, I had some positive experience out of it okay Um, shall I go first yeah then? you go
0: first I'm going to formulate my opinions
1: um, okay. Um, I had a lot of thoughts about this game. Um, there was so many good mechanical points that I really enjoyed. There was also a lot of like mechanical cliches that I really hated. Uh-huh. There was subtlety that I really enjoyed. There, um, as I say, I, I I can't. The game was beautiful in parts. Really, really good. Um, so what I liked was you started and you were in um, the house. A normally structured house. Yeah. And um, that made sense. And it allowed you to familiarize yourself with a house, and you're like, oh, this is all very normal. And then as you progressed, it suddenly became much more twisted and much more confusing. And you went down a sort of a, you ended up being channeled down a linear hallway with different options, but twisting around every time you turned around, things changed. Various paintings on the wall were removed. You would turn around again, there would be a different hallway open to you. Um, I liked that aspect of the game, it was good.
0: Yeah. What I loved about the normal house setting was that you'd walk through, you would get an opportunity to just explore the house at first to get a feel for who this character is. Mm -hmm. There was an element of uh, Did you play Amnesia, the Duck Descent? Yep. There's like, as soon as the first thing you do is open a door. Yeah, and it is that mechanic of you have to hold the door and pull it. I was like, that's going to be one of those games. Yeah, you have
1: to really quickly close doors. Well, this this is one of the things that really annoyed me. Actually, you
0: didn't get that there wasn't that
1: tension when you were. No, I don't. I don't like. I really don't like that. I feel it's so cliche, so cliche already. Hold and open the door. That no, that does not put right. So I played this game on PS4 and. So I have to hold a thumbstick to fully open the door.
0: I played it with a controller on the PC.
1: So, so the same. Yeah. That does not immerse me. That makes me... That doesn't immerse me. That doesn't make me feel like I'm in the position of a character. That just makes my transition from one game area to the next game area more difficult. <coughs> That's all it does. It does not increase tension See, for me, personally.
0: I find the level of just awkwardness quite tense. But the, 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 it, it didn't really deliver on that, which is fine. I kind of I got over that very quickly. It just seems but... to me
1: like deliberate mechanical obfuscation. Yeah. For the sake of deliberately trying to increase tension in a way that I did not enjoy. Okay. Same with um um when you first opened the game, oh thank God they had a field of view slider. Oh, they did? Oh, yeah, they I did. I didn't even Jeez. look at uh, that far into the options. I mean, I, I hate to be one of these guys, but like, see when you put a deliberately constrained field of view? Uh huh. Yeah, that's your default to try and make the game feel scarier. I don't like that. So, the first thing I did was I opened up the field of view fully. Uh huh. So I don't get, I don't feel motion sick when I play the game. Yeah. And then I removed the head bob option because <laughs> he's got a limp head bob right I, understand. I thought I was genius he's got a limp but they tell you that immediately when you play the game
0: oh so would you One rather the, they had revealed it
1: yeah like I, I, I get I know he's got a limp right but I, I know he's got a limp because I read through your documents in the game uh-huh. like please game respect me enough to I'm going to read the stuff you give me there's, there's a thing about him getting a leg yeah, the one of the first things you read. One is, of the so, first things you read is about is is angry. Not being like they fucked up my leg. I know. I like, like, so I know he's got a limp. It's cool. I understand we're not fast because he's got a limp. That's cool. You don't need. But to... But you didn't like the additional. You don't need to put in this aggressive head bob. Because I kind of liked it. No man, because like as a human, like what I want to do right when I play a game, as I immerse, what I want to do is feel like the character. Uh huh. But putting a deliberate head bob in doesn't make me feel like the character because in my life I don't have a head bob. <laughs> do you? Eh. When you're looking at your own eyes, you don't have a head bob because your brain cal- Or do we
0: just not notice it? You don't we-
1: notice it because your brain calculates that it's normalized. Mm. So seeing a like looking through your eyes into through someone else's eyes and then their eyes having a head bob it it doesn't make any sense. I find head bob in a lot of games is useless, but I liked the use of it in this game to show the limp. I understand yeah. it adds characterization, but I was not. A fan.
0: It just added to the idea of this guy's struggle to to get through to get through his night. Hmm. That's essentially what it is. It's like just a kind of the feeling I got from the end. Is just this is just another night. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's all gonna happen again tomorrow which, um, just to skip to the end real quick, is when you finish the game, when the main menu, instead of just new game, it just says finish it. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. I noticed. I was like, I will finish it. But then it start. you you kind of go in and it's just this, it's the same, I, th- I don't know, I thought the, the game might be procedurally generated somehow, but I think it is just... I don't
1: think it was procedurally generated. But... Well, some, like... What I suspect...
0: There's definite landmark places you have to get to. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I might play through it again just to see.
1: I Uh, suspect it is just a linear corridor mm -hmm. that has different rooms. And so you could have a room with two exits Uh that are both open, technically, in inverted commas. But at some point
0: you've got to come back to this No, but
1: what I'm saying is like both of those open corridors... Will lead to the same next room. Right. Just you'll get a slightly different experience. You'll just get a slightly different room. To go to the next. So I think that all of the rooms were conjoined. But if there was like. So you're going from room A to room B. But you have two exits. Both exits will always lead to the second. To room B.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, That's what I got. That's the feeling I got from. But I have only done one playthrough. That might be incorrect. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what I'm thinking as well. Like maybe it's
0: I don't know. I don't know if I will play through it again. I quite like to see the different endings that are available. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was good. I, all the all the things that you're saying against it, I quite like because Brilliant. I well, like you said with the limp, I kind of like that because it kind of shows the guy sort of just a bit. He's got some hardships, but he's. All, I like the idea that it's all in his head. There's some horror cliches like the scary children and stuff which I thought was a bit a bit old hat but it still was relevant to the story. Um I just like a lot of the set pieces. I thought the set pieces were really impressive. The set though.
1: pieces actually yeah. That's hands down. Cause thing is, I know this sounds like I'm coming down hard, I would still recommend this game. Yeah, it's still I love it. The set pieces alone. Um there's one particular um set section Where you go into the writing room, I think, like his office. His office, and that's um, what I was going to talk about. There's like a there's like a telephone ringing, and um, so you answer the telephone, and then you look back into the room and then the room has just expanded from the ceiling up i didn't notice that for ages Are you kidding me like i was like, i noticed that what do i do next
0: and then i was i was just too busy focusing on the there's
1: there's a sound effect that's that suggests that there's like a change a change and um it took me so long to notice it was so that. wonderfully Kubrick-esque. yeah um and it like and you look up and this is it's one it, it's one of my favorite scenes in gaming and it really reminded me of mist uh, and when I looked up and just saw this expansive, um, almost like com- confusing, twisted ceiling. Yeah. It was like, well, it wasn't a ceiling. It was just...
0: As the room goes up and up and up and up and up.
1: You know what? I I thought, um, this is what... What's that film called? What film? Uh, the terrible one that was about like um, space-time and stuff. 2001? No. The one that was trying to be 2001, but wasn't.
0: Oh, the Nolan one. Yeah. Interstellar.
1: Interstellar. You know that the bookcase scene in Interstellar. No, I've not seen it. Right. There's a bookcase <laughs> scene in Interstellar. Uh, right. That's what it, it, what this has achieved is what that film wanted to do. Oh, okay. And did worse. Right. Like a multi million dollar Nolan film couldn't did not achieve what this this game did.
0: Well, it speaks volumes about Nolan, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: It could in some places. Yeah. That's another conversation. That's another. That's probably uh, yeah. Yes. That set piece was just wonderful, Love just it. amazing. Yeah, I was so sold on that.
0: Uh, there are some other good set pieces. I just like. I mean, it's one of those games. Like, a, like
1: I haven't really stopped thinking about it since I've played it. I was really? thinking about it, but I was thinking about it very critically, and yeah. um, I don't know. I, I think it's one of these things that from the outset it needs to grip you. Yeah, and it, I mean, it did grip me. I did like it, but it was like there wasn't I, I wasn't immersed enough i don't even know if it is that i find it very difficult to vocalize it because there was definitely something there that stopped me from just engaging the way you know I what should. it
0: might be my main criticism <clears throat> of it was puzzles that just completely stopped the flow of gameplay absolutely dead. you're completely right because i d- Cause I really enjoyed, it. like, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I was really getting into the story of the character. I really liked uncovering what had happened in his life. I really liked exploring the house, seeing all little creepy paintings and stuff. And back to the office scene, the big, big painting in his office. You're looking, like, you're just looking around, and all of a sudden, the the guy in the painting is just looking at the bit of paper. Yeah. Like his eyes, his just face has changed, and you just don't notice it for like five minutes. That's all great but then you're trying to solve a puzzle mm-hmm. for like 15 minutes and it slows the game right down.
1: Well, the subtle stuff I thought was brilliant. Like, one of my best subtle moments in the game was when you were just going through the house at the start. And I don't know if you noticed this, but see when you go upstairs, so there's the hairy baby painting. Yeah. There's this uh, recurring motif of the hairy baby. Famous painting. All famous paintings. Every painting. I looked them all up. Um so there's a hairy baby painting and that's on the staircase yeah at first uh huh but as soon as you go into the office it's on the office wall uh huh and then when you go back to the landing it's been removed
0: nice I think yeah, I might, yeah.
1: there's there's because there is def- a definite feeling stuff, of unease yeah like, the unease and the subtle stuff did you feel
0: a bit with the piano like at the start yeah. of the game and he did all of a sudden the thing slams down mm-hmm. so he's like oh he doesn't like piano um and <laughs> you're like you're exploring his bedroom and you open the cupboard and just bottles just pour out. Because uh, you do get the feeling right away that something's wrong.
1: Yeah. Well, um, oh, I don't know more another thing I kind of liked about it because I, I feel I, I'm so I'm so 50/50 about this. yeah, so I'm so on the fence because there were so many things that I thought were like brilliant, genuinely brilliant yeah. about it, and there were so many things that I thought were just laughably shit. Um, like, the joke voice, the evil voice he did. Every time you picked up a key object.
0: Oh, and he was like, I had to get
1: the... And I had, and and genuinely, listeners, um, genuinely, this is my best impersonation of this character's voice. And I had to gouge it out. I had to. That was the only option I could have. I must have done it. I must. And it yeah. was genuinely dialogue like that, genuinely spoken like that, and this is after you've gone through like a really tense period of the game, and I was like when I hear a voice like that, that is laughable
0: yeah, like
1: and I, I I don't think that's a fault of the voice actor or a false fault of the dialogue. I think that's a fault of like how you all told. stick it all together yeah. like, and that it really bothered me because that's that because that happens there's six segments to the game that you have to complete and that happens six every layers. six every six, and it just every time just knocks you out, Well, knock me out
0: I, I didn't notice it so much, it reminded me of of uh, Edgar Allan Poe audiobooks. which is what I was saying which is what I was going to say about it, is like where Amnesia is sort of like the HP Lovecraft sort of feeling of like horror walking simulator, this is more like a sort of Edgar Allan Poe style
1: like story, do you not think? I don't or know, when I've read Poe in the past, I, I, I've read it I feel it's very subtle well, wow, it's not well. You know sort of... what
0: I mean. Like it's 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 it, 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 in terms of video games and how mm. they work. It's 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 like it's, it's like amnesia, but it's more psychological. No, I get you. Whereas amnesia was that there is definitely a monster and it's definitely going to get you. Whereas this was sort of like you're just you're just messed up, dude. You just gotta sort yourself out.
1: <laughs> I really liked um, I really liked how some as like the guy is clearly going through horrific alcoholism.
0: And schizophrenia.
1: Um I like
0: how the, the there's the note that you find early on about a schizophrenia evaluation and you think it's about his wife. Yeah. But as yeah. the game goes on, it's like this is clearly about this guy. Come yeah. on, let's not let's not kid ourselves.
1: Um But it's like the stuff um like the the rats like Yeah, the rat problem. Um from speaking to recovering alcoholics and alcoholics previously, the, the sort of swarming thing, like Sometimes it's beetles, sometimes it's rats, yeah. sometimes it's like mice, that sort of thing. That's very common. I didn't so know that. Uh, yeah, yeah, big time, big time. And that they're covering you, that they're in your house uh, when you're trying to go sober. Yeah. This happens. Oh. Um, big time. Uh, it, and oh, so it's very... People can get hallucinations and stuff and it's really rough. Um, so I thought that that was very, that was nice. Yeah. I liked how that happened. Um and also I like the disorientation which also happens with alcohol withdrawal when you you can wake up and it's, the best way I can describe it is, can you imagine the worst hangover of your life? Yeah. You know when you wake up and you don't know where you are?
0: Uh, it's maybe happened once before, yeah. But you
1: wake up and you get up and you're like, oh my god, and it takes a couple of seconds for your brain yeah. to kick in and like, even if you're just in bed and you're, you're hungover and you're horrible and yeah. you wake up, it's kind of like that but what I thought was best displayed by, the, cause that's apparently the way people who feel alcohol withdrawal and full alcoholism can feel for length, lengthy periods of uh-huh. time. They don't know where they are. They're kind of just confused. Um, when you are faced with a closed door, you turn around and then there's a cl- another closed door with a window with an opening at the other side. Yeah. And then you turn around again and then you're through the door. And that happened multiple times. And yes. it's- that sort of like it it, it displays short term memory loss in a wonderful way. That's what it's, I liked. It was just sort of. Just, I thought that was great. The
0: guy's clearly confused, and you're just that's what kind of immersed me in it because I was like, yeah. I f- feel what this guy is feeling right now. No, I just thoroughly enjoyed it, and I've kind of watched reviews since playing, and it got pretty panned. Like no one seems to like it. Really? Yeah, which kind of makes me like it more. Why, what were their main criticisms? Uh, that it was a walking simulator Ugh. that it has that it's full of horror cliches, which I mean it is, but, it does. Like, it but does. I think it's like I don't blame any horror games, so I don't notice it as much. Like, Honestly,
1: um if they had my cliches that really got on my tits were the constant passing out Oh, we do need you to. you not
0: feel that was a that was again back we, to the alcoholism?
1: Thing. We need to move. Yeah, I know, I know, but like it, real alcoholics. I mean, we have both worked in bars in previous yeah, lives yeah, before yeah. the event. <laughs> um, real alcoholics don't pass out; they keep drinking. That's true. They don't pass out. This is this is a joke that people who are not alcoholics and don't have a relationship with alcohol seem to expect Fair from enough. alcoholics. Yeah, they don't pass out; they keep drinking. Um, so you don't you don't have a guy who just keeps passing out all the time. I'm so drunk. I'm so drunk, oh I passed out, I wake up again, I'm in a different place. <laughs> it's nonsense. Um and that was like very much a cliche for me that, that bothered me. And yeah. there was also like the whenever you met the wife character, um if you if she ever encountered you, that would trigger a death scene. Oh yeah. And it was the same death scene, didn't change. Yeah. You could experience yeah. like six of them before you ended gameplay. And I learned
0: very quickly to just be like fuck that and just because you there were choices where the ghost would go one way and it would be clearly the, the ghost section like I'm not going to go towards that ghost see I'm
1: the exact opposite I'm like alright I've seen that I want to see it again
0: there were times where it's sort of like where you're kind of in the horror mode and you're like you're really immersed and you're kind of feeling the chills a little bit like oh god then you're immersed it's the game She's like what you got
1: from me, ghost? And then all of a sudden, she just jumps out. And is like, oh god! Well, no, I would think it because I was embarrassed, and I was thinking, that's my damn wife. I'm gonna talk to my wife. Yeah, that's what my thing was a couple times. But like, I
0: think sometimes the ghost is not your wife. It's like it's like a projection of yourself.
1: No, I I don't know because it was always feminine.
0: It's a different guy sometimes.
1: There was only one aspect when you're going down in the you're going up in the lift, and there was another. Another form that uh-huh. wasn't that wasn't the wife, and I think that was a projection yourself, but I'm not sure.
0: There was one. There was a guy sitting in a room full of paint. I seem to remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're talking right. But the only one that can trigger a death scene is your wife.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there was the, the guy in the room full of paint. Like there was the kind of creepy, the creepy ghost stuck into the room mm-hmm. full of paint, and appeared and he was sitting all sort of like shivering. <laughs> I thought, let's close that door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to interact with that goes. there was little moments that did make me chuckle I was like you're not going to get me this time game <laughs> I'm going to go the other way and there was a bit like horror cliche of like you walk down a corridor there's a big painting on the wall don't look back yeah and you're like oh, so clearly I'm supposed to look back I was like I'm not going to play your game I'm going to keep walking
1: and I just missed the whole bit. I I got that and then it came up because obviously I was playing this on console. Boom! Mm -hmm. Achievement. (laughs) It was like, oh wow, that breaks immersion. (laughs) Yeah. Because you get an achievement for not looking back.
0: Yeah. I must have got that then because I I did the same thing because you get Steam achievements and stuff but hey, no, I like layers of fear. I would play again. As you said earlier, as you mentioned off the record when we weren't recording I guess. Uh, there's DLC for it. I might go for it.
1: I might go for it. I'd like to see if they learned. Yeah, it's like and then it's dirt cheap as well. Um, I I liked the fact that they did intelligent stuff.
0: Yeah, it's like, clearly come from
1: a very smart, passionate place. place. But there's also like, look, man, Oscar Wilde, Dorian Gray. Yeah, they like dropped the his Dorian Gray is by Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Look, I don't need to see the painting of Dorian Gray every time a bookcase drops. Like, guys, I know you've done your reading. Yeah. Like, I get you. I'm on board, man. I've read the book. I, like, I've read it multiple times. I also saw the, the, the BBC drama of it and the one they released in cinemas. It was it's, it's one of my faves. You you don't need to hammer me over the head and tell me you've done your reading. Yeah. Like, I get it, man. I like Although, it. And let, uh, I don't know. That one... Because repeating the paintings, that felt really good.
0: It's uh, sort of a symptom of, of his psychosis. Like he's obsessed with classic paintings, and all yeah. he wants to do is reproduce. As someone, I don't know if this will make the cut, but earlier on I mentioned going to art college. Yeah. As someone who's been in art college and has been through this creative block, is like I'll never be as good as this artist. I'll never be. I'll never achieve that greatness. I. It speaks to me on multiple different layers of fear. Oh. Man. do you know what i mean though like it's it it, i was like i kind of i don't identify with this guy completely but i see this sort of like totally just going back to the the artwork that you love the artwork that that inspires you to do better and the artwork that you want to achieve i think maybe i maybe as a not an artist anymore but as someone who's studied art and someone who wanted to do art for a long time i kind of get where they're coming from so as you keep seeing the same paintings over and over again this is the stuff that you want to keep you want to reproduce and you want to be like these these your idols essentially. Think of like your idols and if you...
1: I don't really oh, have any. Nah, I know. not Just listener. <laughs> no listener. Sorry, real humans.
0: Listener. Think of... Just think of stuff you want to do. People you aspire to be. It does just keep bringing back this this theme of the paintings reoccur all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where am I going with this?
1: That they're better than yeah they're so he keeps achieve.
0: keeps appearing to them and he just keeps he just torturing himself because he can't reach that level and that's what I liked about it they keep showing all this classic artwork it's all really Renaissance classic works of art that are slightly creepy in themselves but they just in this context are really scary yeah um I loved it visually visually and and musically I thought it was beautiful and that's kind of what brought me through what others might have seen as a slightly dull walking simulator hmm
1: so was the right so was the plot this this is what I I garnered from it. Okay. That we had a mad artist with a beautiful wife. His muse, he, she was incredibly beautiful and he painted her and he thought she was beautiful, she fell pregnant. She had a child. Um all was well. He still painted. He's he, not a family man. He drank more and more. Their relationship became more estranged. Then there was a fire.
0: Yeah, the fire in the shop It was a fire which um, department store.
1: burned her quite horribly. Yeah. Um, and made her far less beautiful than he would be happy with. Yeah. Because what he regarded as a fine thing within her was her beauty over anything else. Um, however, they continued to live within the house together to the point that he continued to drink more, continued to drink more, continued well, to... keeping
0: up appearances, it seemed like.
1: Um... And keeping up appearances, and there was lots of references that, within the wife's dialogue, talking about another woman. Another woman, do you think? I don't think it was another woman. I think it was talking about the woman he was trying to paint, which was her before...
0: His ideal image of... Her, her. before
1: her burns. Yeah. And because he was obs- more obsessed with the idea of his wife before she had been burned, she became depressed with who she was what, now, and then killed herself and the child.
0: I don't think the child got killed.
1: No, the child lived. Because the there's DLC, DLC is about
0: the daughter. But no, I see because there's, there's letters the, talking about the custody of the yeah, child. He custody loses of custody of the child. Of so child. she must
1: have been taken away, and then he was trying to get the child back. Yes. Cool. Um, that's my understanding of it. That's pretty much my
0: understanding. I feel like you might have found more of those little hidden letters.
1: I read everything.
0: I couldn't find everything.
1: Sorry, I play very meticulous. I'm gonna.
0: Well, that's why I want to go back so I can find
1: more. It's it's again a, a problem with the way I play these games. Horror games naturally have less an effect on me because I'm like, okay, I'm going to understand everything about you. <laughs> Use a so, mathematical brain. Excuse me, horror game, but I don't think you've met true horror. <laughs> And true horror is me playing you. <laughs> they Does should that-
0: make a layers of fear about your mind. <laughs> no, no, they shouldn't. <laughs> they should never do that.
1: <laughs> um, I liked... Uh, oh, Hope is the Mind Killer. That was a nice little touch. Yeah. I was like, oh, you guys read June. Nice, love it. Oh, I forgot to mention, there's a hub area, kind of. Kind of studio. A yeah, studio is a hub area, and at the end of each section, you would go back to the hub area... You add to the painting. And you can there's a family photo book. Yeah. Immediately on your left that adds to every photo you find. There's a wall with all the rat paintings he does. He love draws paintings. I I love them too, actually. <laughs> One of my favourites. I think they're great. And then there is a note next to his uh easel. Also there's a case which changes every time you visit the hub area. Um, hub area that's very well it's a hub area uh, it's the best best, uh, best got, way you, your aim is
0: it. to is to go you leave there to, to find the inspiration for the next part of your painting you come yeah. back once you've found it
1: Um. but is the indication that he actually did some horrific shit to a body or did he just do this in his mind
0: my understanding is maybe his wife killed herself mm-hmm. and he has the body somewhere and he and he's maybe taking body parts because the very first thing you find is a scrap of skin and it suggests that maybe he made the, the, the canvas out, out of, of human
1: skin because uh, so. there is that note from the lawyer there is a note from a lawyer that says you've done some really fucked up shit yes but we remember? can probably get you off it judging on what's happened
0: yeah so there you go maybe he chopped it a bits I want he be, because my thing was maybe he uses her uses her body parts in the painting because he wants to paint a perfect picture of her. Yeah. So in order to do that, take from the source, as messed up as it sounds. But hey, it's a messed up game.
2: It
1: is a pretty messed up game, but yeah.
0: But I, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was a it was a nice little story. It did exactly what I wanted it to do. Mm. Was just scare me a little bit. Tell me I Creepy gothic horror story. It
1: didn't hit me in the right places. No, but um, the set pieces and the good the good stuff was enough for me. Do you play a lot of horror games? Uh, not particularly. I play them when they're really good. If I've heard something really good, I'll I'll play them. Yeah. Otherwise, like as I say, like my ana my analytical mind will go. Oh, okay. I can beat this game yeah. with maths. And
0: I don't do that so much but I still I don't play many horror games so like for me this was still sort of everything seemed quite new to me what a lot of people thought it was like oh it's been done before mm. I've never really seen it before but apart from like creepy baby stuff it was like it that's been gone since the dawn of time Aye. people are people just hate kids well, <laughs> so I mean, that's why they're scary
1: those multi-partied uh, baby dolls I can't believe anyone ever thought they were a good thing yeah weird horrifying
0: huh? yeah scary shit but uh, yeah, so I mean the, the the so it's all different. All represents different parts of his story. So there is a whole level which is like creepy baby stuff. Yeah, well, and that's, after a while, the kid, it, does, it? Yeah, there's some good bits in it. It's about him losing his kid, and the part in the in the bedroom is all right because they they've got that little lantern that spins around oh, and you spin around. And, and the, it
1: shows the the
0: the painting of the dog changes to all like weird bloody eyes all watching you and stuff is.
1: Well, it wasn't the painting of the dog. It was the, the kid's painting. The kid's drawing, crayon drawing. And it was kid's
0: like, crayon drawings. Check that box. Well,
1: it was the crayon drawings of like the mum and dad and the kid. And yeah. that was happy. And it was the burned mum and the sad dad and the mum. And that was fine. And then and one the was a mum in a wheelchair. Yep. And, yeah. and, and then it went on. And then, yeah, I thought that was really good.
0: That's yeah, good. It kind of told the story a little bit more. You know, yeah, so it's good would you uh would you go outside for, for layers of fear Robin?
1: again i i i'm gonna i'm gonna repeat my my prescription from last week yes but just yeah i would i would crack that vault door open just a little bit sneak it in yeah a yeah. like little i wouldn't bound out there like a ranger
0: I'd open the door to layers of fear. I don't care what's behind this door—be it creepy corridor or scary child painting. That mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd go outside. Release of fear, I think it's it's good. If it was there, if there was a crazy alcoholic artist out there screaming and wailing. I'd be like, come on, buddy, I know how you feel. <laughs> it's fine, come in Don't worry about it. We'll uh, we'll talk it out. You just need to talk it out. Get out of this house. Yeah, it's to our vault. Like,
1: this guy needs a mate. He just needs—he just needs a pal. He's a drinking buddy. He needs segway. He so clearly brilliant. loves
0: drinking. Yeah, he's, so just get a, just go down the pub. Just get the, go to the just basement. become a total roaster. <laughs> <laughs> just, go, oh, I longer, just trying to work on my paint. I love painting things. Oh, my paintings are great. Just no one likes them. So that's that that's why he's there. Be that guy. Be the guy that that all bar workers. Be the regular that bar workers make jokes about. That still don't hide in your house.
1: Rather than being a horrific shut in, a gothic and Lovecraftian, no. and Edgar Allan Poe-in. <laughs> so there's Lovecraftian? Lovecraftian. Is there
0: Poe-esque?
1: poe po-esque. Rather being a Lovecraftian and poe nightmare, <laughs> just go to the pub. Go outside. Go outside. Yeah. <laughs> Do that. And don't don't actually murder your family, which you may or may not have. <laughs> it's a bit sketchy. It's jury's sketchy. still out.
0: Literally, jury's still out on that one.
1: Well, Guys, um thank you for listening to this recording, this broadcast. It's
0: been good, it's been a good one. It's
1: been a it's been a long one. Another big one. Another biggie. It's gonna be a
0: hell of a beast to edit.
1: Oh god. My Magnum opus. Magnum. I'm gonna be seeing winding corridors. Hey, wait till number ten. Scarlet bro.
0: might kill herself. Oh. I might walk into a snapped in half broom.
1: That poor that perm mop. <laughs> um well, thank you, and please tweet us at goit Denny Goet. Denny Goet. And uh email us at DGOPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. As always, guys, don't go outside. There's Jesus. um there's mad drunk painters. They're stumbling around throwing rats at each other. It's like it's like we're in uh, the Netherlands in the seventeenth century.
0: Whoa. Back to book club. <clears throat> don't go outside. Van Gogh might be there, and he might <laughs> cut your ear off.
2: <laughs> and as always, guys, don't go outside.
0: As always, guys, don't go outside because it's Halloween and it's fucking scary.